What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast. Happy Thursday. We've got football on tonight. Week 6 starts right now, or in a couple hours, depending on when you're listening to this. I am Will Brinson. I am your host. We'll be joined later by Stephen O. of Sportsline to break down some data stuff as it relates to gambling and fantasy and all that. But right now, we're going to talk to the the senior fantasy analyst for CBSSports.com and a star on CBS Sports HQ, which you could watch streaming 24-7 on your Roku, Apple TV, Amazon, any smart device. You get real sports news for real sports fans. Heath Cummings on there three days a week talking fantasy football. What's going on, man? I mean, it's hard to call me a star when I'm sitting next to Pete Prisco, who is clearly the star of any show that he's on. Just ask him. He'll tell you. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> he knows he's a star. Uh, all right. Let's dive into, I didn't, I didn't prep you for this, but I, I should, should just start including Thursday night discussion because I think it is important. People are listening on Thursday nights. Um, how are you treating this Eagles Giants game that will start tonight in terms of fantasy guys? Who are you starting? Who are you sitting? And, um, if you're do, doing like a DraftKings thing, is there anybody you, you eye as a potential captain? Because I would say uh, Eli Manning is kind of interesting in this game. Yeah, I think the Giants side is mostly pretty easy. I mean, obviously you start Barkley, you start Beckham. Yep. Shepard, anytime Evan Ingram or Odell Beckham's out, I'm playing Sterling Shepard. Eli I struggle with because he he changed last week. I mean, Odell Beckham had all those complaints about not taking any shots down the field. And the entire, like, apparently the offensive coordinator, Eli Manning, everybody said, okay, you're right. And hey. so we're going to throw the ball down the field. And they really, they did. And it resulted in what you would expect, better performance and a couple of interceptions. Yep. So this Philadelphia defense has been bad on the road. And the pass defense has been bad most everywhere. I, I think Eli's a decent streamer. Mm. I still don't have him ranked as high as Jamie or I don't think Dave, either one. He's around 15, 16 for me. I'd still rather start Carson Wentz than I would Eli Manning in this game. And I don't, the, the, the side of this game that is just befuddling to figure out is the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't know what to do with them because you have a situation with the running backs where Jay Ajayi is now out. There's trade rumors of Le'Veon Bell and LaShawn McCoy, but it basically, Wendell Smallwood was the top waiver name this week. I actually didn't, I didn't get him in any leagues because I didn't want to burn. I either had too high a waiver claim to burn it on him. Uh, too low a waiver claim to get him, or I, I think I tried to spend thirty bucks on him in one of our auction leagues that, that we run with you guys, and uh, and Jamie got him, or Dave got him for thirty one dollars. So I mean, he you had to spend a lot on him, but you might get him for you might be a flex play for two weeks. Yeah, I, I think I put in like twelve bids for him this week at thirty one to thirty five percent of my budget, and I got him in one. Yeah, he went over sixty percent in our dynasty league. Wow. Six hundred dollars Dave put on him in the Yolo so, in the Yolo dynasty league. Yes, six yes. hundred. I believe that's correct. Yes, I I think Smallwood is the best Philadelphia running back in this game. But Corey Clement is not far behind him. And if Clement's the one that scores the touchdown, then Clement will be the better one. Mm. It's just Clement was active last week and didn't do anything, didn't right. see the field. And he is the one that's been banged up lately. So I you have to lean towards Smallwood. He's a low-end number two running back for me. The res- Zach Ertz is a must-start. I don't really want to start Wentz, but I understand if you have to. I don't think you can trust Aguilar at all right now. And Alshon has the bad matchup. Mm. And it's worth noting, too, that Olivier Vernon is not on the injury report for this game. So he should be back. He should be playing tonight, which only helps. I mean, he's a good run defender in terms of being an outside edge guy. And so that should hurt uh, Smallwood and Clement. I kind of like the Giants to win this game, and it makes me feel gross, Heath. 
that's the worst part of the whole thing. Yes. I yeah. kind of am starting to feel the same way. I don't like it at yeah. all. I'm 0 for 5 picking the Giants against the spread this year. Uh, if you were picking a, if I was picking a captain in like a DraftKings situation where you get bonus points for somebody, I'd tell you the guy that I would go with, Zach Ertz. Because for whatever reason, it feels like the only thing that Philadelphia's offense does right now is like clear everybody out and then have Carson Wentz bop in the pocket for two seconds and then sling a 10 yard dump down check thing to Zach Ertz. That feels like the majority of their offense. And I wouldn't be surprised at all. Um, you know, given that the Giants have a history of not being great against tight ends, if Zach Ertz had a pretty nice day. Yeah, and listen, if you look at the numbers for this year, it's going to look like, well, the Giants have figured it out. They were really not bad against tight ends anymore. And it's just been one week after another of them getting lucky against tight ends. Ben Watson dropped a tight a touchdown. Austin Safarian Jenkins had one called back. Niles Paul dropped a touchdown. I mean, it's just been game after game after game of tight ends not taking advantage of what is still a weakness. Zach Ertz will take advantage of it. I agree with you. He is the best play for the captain position. Mm, excellent. All right, you mentioned Eli Manning as a potential streaming quarterback. He was on a uh, list of streamers you wrote about for CBSSports.com that people should look at the other name that was on there. And I think is really the central figure in in – in fantasy football, I can't believe I'm saying this. I, really, I mean, like, I think, I think, I think that this week revolves around Jameis Winston. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with you. Uh, <laughs> and I, what I wrote in that in that column, and you kind of made reference to this in the notes. If you're tired of streaming quarterback, this may be your out. Yeah, because I expect Jameis to be a top ten quarterback from this point forward. Wow. I, I believe in the offense. I believe in his weapons. And he was good last year. I had doubts about Jameis Winston going into last year, and he had some injuries that you, kept his you, season. I, be, I, be, I believe you called him uh, a new Blake Bortles before last season. Going I, into last I, season. I may have written an article that asked, is Jameis Winston the new Blake Bortles? And then this year you called Carson Wentz the new Blake Bortles. You haven't been wrong on either one, by the way. They were both terrible. Jameis was terrible to start the season and just had a great final stretch of games. I mean, that's all he, he had. Yeah. He, he did. Wentz, is, Wentz has uh, struggled mightily this year. But, yeah, I, I love this situation. The Falcons have like four healthy defensive players on their <laughs> roster. And it's not, not a joke. Good, it's not, it's not, joke. it's not their good ones either. <laughs> like it's not like the guys that are still playing are the guys that we're counting on to be good. Right. So they, they can't stop Tampa Bay. I wonder with the Buccaneers if this is the Ronald Jones breakout game. I do too. Okay. All right. All right. Right on. So I, let's, let's keep our fingers crossed. All right. So. I mean, I use the waiver claim on Winston in a situation where I have Matthew Stafford as my quarterback and he's on by. I wonder what quarterbacks would you drop for, for Jameis Winston? Uh, would you drop Stafford for Jameis Winston? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I, oh. And I don't have a problem dropping most quarterbacks on a buy. Is Matthew and, Stafford droppable on a buy? I, in my opinion, he is because, and we've had the, if you listen to the FFT podcast, we've had this debate with Adam Azer over the last week and a half about how things are different now because some mm. of these quarterbacks are just too good. And, and you, you, you can't just stream quarterbacks. And I don't buy that. There are 10 quarterbacks right now averaging 25 fantasy points a game. None of them are named Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or Russell Wilson. There are still 16 or 17 quarterbacks you can play on a given week. And so I, I have t- leagues where I'm carrying two quarterbacks, but a majority of them I'm not. Hmm. Okay, so I dropped, now I regret this. I, well, I don't regret it because I think I can rectify it, but I dropped Ronald Jones for Jameis Winston when what I should have done was drop Matthew Stafford for Jameis Winston. Um, and I may grab Ronald Jones for Matthew Stafford over the weekend in, in that same league. But I guess, I mean, I guess my, um, 
the, I guess the, the, the query here is like who, like, would you drop Russell Wilson for, for Jameis Winston? I think Russell Wilson is more droppable than Matthew Stafford. Wow. Wilson was awesome and has been really good this year in terms of what he is doing. But Brian Schottenheimer and God bless his soul. I doubted him a lot in this offseason. He has succeeded in taking the Seahawks back to the 70s. <laughs> Mad props to him. They're running the ball 30 times a game. They're actually run blocking a little bit, and he loves it. But Wilson, in his breakout performance last week, threw the ball 21 times. Yeah, it's nuts. Did not, did not rush it once. Um, you, oh, no, sorry, go ahead. No, you just you can't count on a quarterback that's not throwing it 30 times, and he hasn't done that in three straight games. Especially, as you pointed out, there's so many quarterbacks throwing the ball so much, and if you get a guy like a Marcus Mariota in a plus matchup, he can put up a 30-point game, and you don't have to just ride Russell Wilson every single week. Would you drop Kirk Cousins for uh, Jameis Winston? Cousins is actually one of the few quarterbacks that I like better than Jameis this week. Okay. And it's just we've talked a lot about how much Andrew Luck is throwing the football. He's thrown it three more times than Kirk Cousins. Wow. Cousins is throwing, Cousins, they can't run the ball. They, they can't no run the ball game. at all. And, and the difference between the two is Luck has had to throw all these short passes. He's averaging six yards per attempt because he doesn't have T.Y. Hilton. He doesn't have any NFL quality wide receivers. Cousins is doing this with Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs and, and keeping his efficiency numbers up. And, uh, he's a top three quarterback for me this week. Wow. And he's playing really well. Uh, would you drop Carson Wentz for Jameis Winston? I would. Okay. What about, I, I tend to think too, and I noted this in, in our pre-show notes, but, uh, Deshaun Watson, if you've got him and you, you're worried that doctors are st- like poking at him with a stethoscope, and he's a guy you can't drop right now because he's playing too no. well and put up too big stats, but Jameis Winston is a perfect salve for the Deshaun Watson wound against a good Buffalo defense where they're probably going to try and run the ball. It's probably going to be a slog. Watson is, is banged up, so they might take it easy with him in terms of running the ball. I would rather start Winston th- this week than Watson, right? I agree. I've got him back to back in my rankings, so it's not a situation where I'd want to drop somebody that I wanted to have on my roster to add a second quarterback. Right. I don't know if the benefit's that great, but I also think if you have Deshaun Watson right now, we fully expect he's going to play. We don't think this is that serious of a thing. You have to have a backup quarterback, though, right. just in case. You can't get to Sunday, especially if you're in a league that does like fab and you, you can't go out and pick somebody up on Sunday morning, which a right. lot of leagues do. You better have a backup quarterback just in case something happens. Um... Speaking of Tampa Bay and Atlanta, what, who else do you, I mean, you know, you're starting Mike Evans, you're starting Julio Jones, uh, you're starting Devonta Freeman, you're starting Tevin Coleman, I, you're starting Calvin Ridley, he, I, Stephen O is, he'll explain in a little bit, has him ranked very high in terms of, uh, wide receivers. I, I assume he's a must start against that Tampa defense. What other guys are you interested in, like a Chris Godwin, Austin Hooper, Cameron Brait? Well, I think Cameron Brait is the name that stands out there. And you look at it, even when OJ Howard has played, over the last two years, Brait has caught 25% of the touchdown passes Jameis Winston has thrown. Wow. He gets to the red zone, and he looks at Cameron Brait. He's also had about a 15% target share. Howard did return to practice on Wednesday, but I'd be really surprised if he suits up for this game against the Falcons. So Brait should be the only healthy tight end. He's 4,500 on FanDuel. He's going to be in most of my lineups, and I'm going right back to Julio on FanDuel this week. Is, okay, so there's, is there any concern that this game is so obvious for DFS that you need to go in a different direction, or is it just like, don't overthink it, it's a 57.5 over-under, two teams with terrible defenses playing inside with no weather, on a track, in a division rivalry that should turn into a shootout, you just don't, I mean, the, I guess, it, there's no way this could be like a 21-14 game, right? That's not possible, is it? it? I can't really envision it, 
because I, I don't I don't think either team really runs the ball very well. No. So it's hard to see. Like I could understand if one of them says our defense is so bad we want to slow this down and just dominate time of possession. I don't know that that's an option for either one of them. I'm, so no, I think it's gonna be a high flying game. You want to have some contrarian plays, but I don't think fading this game makes a lot of sense. I, I'm gonna I'm I'm going to play. I was just looking at Ronald Jones's numbers. I'm going to play Ronald Jones in in like a G in a in a big tournament play because he catches passes. They got him involved that two weeks ago before the bye, and the Falcons, as we've talked about on this podcast, give up tons of reception. So it's a, just. It makes too much sense. Uh, is Chris Godwin somebody you should be worried about? I know that um, if you look at the numbers, uh, Jameis doesn't necessarily target Godwin, right? Yeah, it's it's a weird situation between him and Deshaun Jackson. I think Chris Godwin is a better receiver right now than Deshaun Jackson is. Fitzpatrick obviously had that connection with Jackson, but also involved Godwin. I'm afraid they both, because they're so involved, maybe hurt each other in terms of upside. I'll have lineups with both Godwin and Jackson, but I'll probably have a little bit more of Jackson just because of his upside and how many points he can give you just on one play. Yeah, and he's such a, a speed demon down the field. Um, I, I mentioned KC and uh, and um, uh, uh, New England, but you can't actually play that in DFS. I always forget that you can't do that for some reason. I start looking for the. I, I'm I'm not good at DFS, um, <laughs> but I'm like looking. I'm like, where is Mahomes in here? He's just not in here. And but you can't use it on the Sunday night. I guess you could do a a standalone there. What are the What's a sneaky game um, in the in the early slate or early afternoon slate uh, that you that you're looking at outside of Tampa Bay Atlanta with a high scoring potential? Well, I don't know if it's a sneaky game or not, but I do think there's a chance some people are going to go away from Andy Dalton, Tyler Boyd, and CJ, I always say his name wrong, Uzoma. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've never said it correctly because they were disappointing last week. Sure. But I think you have to look at why they were disappointing. The defense scored two touchdowns in that game. Yep. Andy Dalton threw 30 passes. He still averaged over eight yards per attempt. The Pittsburgh defense looked better against outdoor Matt Ryan. I don't think on the road at Cincinnati they are going to be a problem. Mm. So I'm going to have some Dalton Boyd Ozoma stacks, and then I'll also play some AJ Green as well. But I, I do think I wonder if Dalton's overlooked a little bit this week. No, I, th- I think that's a great point because that over under by the way is 53. It's not that far away um, from being there. These these over unders are insane. We're just get you just get like you don't. There's not a single over under in the 30s this week, and I don't know that we'll see one for a long time. The Jaguars is, and, and Cowboys is, is 40. In, in that game, are you are you concerned about Zeke Elliott against the Jaguars at all this week? I'm really not. His volume is so high, and they're, the way they're – I would have been last year because they weren't throwing it to him very much. Sure. He leads he leads the team in target this year for good reason. They don't have any receivers. It's crazy. So I, I think you can – there's two different things you can do with that game. We've talked about the running back defense combination in the past. Yeah. I, I don't mind having a Zeke Dallas defense combo just in case Bortles Bortles again. Sure. And as, then as def- Bortles is want to do. <laughs> yes. And then I will definitely have some Yeldon Jacksonville combos. Oh, I like that. I like that because they can bottle them up and then, you know, in theory end up, you know, because if Jacksonville gets up on Dallas and they're, they're up 14 nothing, it's, it's over, over. Like they will, right. they will pin their ears back and go to Bortles and he will throw multiple, uh, pick sixes in that game. Um, oh yeah, I want to, uh, the Browns. The Browns are a really good defense. Yes. Like, yeah, really, really, it, like really good defense. Yet, they are 3,200 on FanDuel this week. That's, that's cheap, right? <laughs> that's the third cheapest defense on the slate. It's, I, I think that the Chargers are severely overvalued in this spot in terms of what people are looking at the, a team that's been very good 
in 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 Los Angeles, and his only loss to the Rams and the Chiefs, but it was struggled in September. Um, and then looking at the Browns and forgetting that when you go into Cleveland, a it's a tough place to play, and b again this defense is playing great football. I'm I'm leaning towards benching Keenan Allen in some spots because I'm a little worried about him. And I don't love the idea of Melvin Gordon um, because I think he's going to struggle against Cleveland. Yeah, I will have a little bit of Melvin Gordon in DFS. Not much, but I do think that I'm if, not, I, I'm not if I was – Right, I mean you're not benching Melvin Gordon in, in your regular right. fantasy leagues or anything. If I was the Chargers, my game plan would be let's go in and run it about 45 times and get out of there with a win. Mm. Because I I don't think you want to throw it around against this Browns defense. What they've done really well is turn teams over. Yep. So and another thing, we, we've seen it a lot. West Coast teams in those games that are started at 10 a.m. their time, they often get off to slow starts. So I, I think the Browns defense is a great play. That's about all I want from this game. I'll have a little bit of Melvin. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I picked it. Is it, is it, and I asked, I asked Steven this too, but I'm curious your thoughts because I mean, you can go out and get them. Like if you want to get the Browns defense, it's not hard to get them right now. They're top four in fantasy points or top five in fantasy points. I think they're top five in terms of rankings in the, in the NFL and real defense. Um, knowing that they have a tough schedule coming up, would you want to add the Browns? I actually, there's a couple of leagues where you cannot go out and get them because I've owned them for the last three weeks. Oh. I, I'm not planning on giving them up until they give me a reason to. They have like the Steelers and Chargers and Falcons and Buccaneers coming. Yeah, that's, that's true. They've already faced the Steelers in an overtime game and they've already faced Drew Brees that's and I think held them to their lowest point total of the 21, year. 21, by far their lowest point total in, yeah. in New Orleans. Right. So I'm, I'm not going away from, I think, I think the Browns defense is for real. Okay. All right. I like it. I like it. Uh, what about guys you might sell low on or buy high on? Um, Dalvin Cook, I know we keep mentioning him. He's the worst, he's the worst player to own in all of fantasy football right now and it's not remotely close it's beyond frustrating he's got a bad hamstring so it's a linger like at least just break your leg and then you're out i mean like like a bad hamstring lingers he's playing behind an offensive line that stinks and even his handcuff latavius murray is terrible too so there's no ta- like at least Le'Veon bell is out there not playing and you get james connor there's no tangible benefit to owning dalvin cook right now i feel like i'm reacting as a someone who d- doesn't do this for a living and and so like I, I kind of want to sell Dalvin for peanuts is that wrong should people be holding on to Dalvin Cook buying low on Dalvin Cook what are you doing with him right now if if you're selling Dalvin for peanuts I'm buying okay so we're in a lot of leagues together let's <laughs> let's make a deal I it's I don't really disagree with anything you said it's a very frustrating experience and there is a chance that he comes back from this injury fully recovered gets hurt again and then I'll accept the fact that Dalvin Cook may be injury prone I'm not there yet. I don't think the Vikings are going to be a good running team. But what he did in the passing game in the five and a half or six games we've seen from him so far is nearly 50 yards per game so far this year. I do think the Vikings are going to be a very good team. I think they're going to have leads. The defense will get better at some point. They've got to figure out some way to play without Everson Griffin because I don't know when they're getting him back. But you look at his schedule. The Cardinals, I don't think he's going to play this week anyways. Then they play the Jets. Then they play the Saints. Then they play the Lions. They've got a bad game against the Bears. They've got the Patriots left on the schedule. They've got the Dolphins. Lions again in Week 16. I think it's worth the shot on the lottery ticket. Because if he if he gets healthy and he's catching balls out of the backfield, he's an RB1. I mean, I, I, what could you – I mean, like, if you want to trade for Dalvin Cook, you can go out there and offer about anything. I think if you have find a, I mean, 
chances are would you, right, would you do would you do all would you rather have Alshon Jeffrey or Dalvin Cook? I'd I'd take Dalvin. Okay. But I think the key is most teams that drafted Dalvin Cook in the first or second round don't have a winning record right now. That is probably true. So but if and, you but if you if you have a winning record with Dalvin Cook, you're holding, right? You're just yes. write it out but and if, see what happens. But if if you have a winning record without him, I'd I'd be looking to see is is the team that has Dalvin Cook one and four, two and three would they accept, accept something as ridiculous as Isaiah Crowell, who's been red hot, or Isaiah Crowell plus something? Mm. I, don't be afraid to to make a, a, an initial lowball offer. Well, and, no, and you know what's interesting. Right, so let's. I want to ask you about this too. And you guys, I think, talked about this on FFT, which people should subscribe to. By the way, Fantasy Football Today, fantastic podcast. Heath, uh, Adam, Azer, D- uh, Dave, Richard, Jamie Eisenberg break down fantasy on a daily basis. It's not. This is the only NFL podcast that's daily. That's not the only. Daily fantasy podcast. <laughs> it's the only daily fantasy podcast I listen to. Um, but you guys talked about Alvin Kamara. I made a bunch of ridiculous, like quasi ridiculous offers for Alvin Kamara on Tuesday night as I was going through my waiver claims. I go through league by league, put you know, and go to each league, would do my waivers, and then I would check to see who had Alvin Kamara, and I would just throw out something to see if there was somebody interested. You need to tell people that. If they can get Alvin Kamara, do it. Because the owner is kind of panicky since it's a bye week. He didn't get any carries with Mark Ingram back. But that's not the problem, right? I think it's about 50-50 with how people feel. They're either really panicking or they're extremely defensive about the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think this is a situation. Listen, his usage in that game was not that much different than a few games we saw last year with Mark Ingram. I do think it's a big hit to have Mark Ingram back. So you, so you're kind of worried but, about it. But, but I also think with some of the trades that I've seen go through over the last few days, you should try to buy low on Alvin Kamara. I mean, I've seen some just, there was a James Conner Alvin Kamara day. Yeah, there was a little something thrown in on the James Conner side, but that was it. I put up an interesting Twitter poll today and I've got 4,000 votes on it and it's exactly 50 50. Mm. So you get to break the tie. Okay. All these other 4,000 people, their votes don't matter. It's all on Will Brinson. <laughs> who, who would you have rest season in PPR, Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey? Oh, you know what? I saw that. I was actually meant to vote on it before I could, uh, before, then I was like, I was putting together notes. Um, I, 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 I think I clicked on Alvin <laughs> Kamara and then I was like, wait a minute. I want Christian McCaffrey instead. <laughs> I think I do want Christian McCaffrey. He's getting, yeah. he's getting more touches and I think, did you and I have this conversation before the season? I think we did. I'm not sure, but. The efficiency metrics were bound to meet in the middle in terms of like yards per carry and yards per catch with McCaffrey and Kamara if McCaffrey was used well. And they're starting to get a little bit closer there. Now Kamara's had a bunch of touchdowns, but with Mark Ingram back, he's going to get less of those. And so I say McCaffrey because the Panthers are doing what com- with McCaffrey, what the Saints did with Kamara for the first three or four games of the season. I say McCaffrey as well. And I bring that up just to illustrate the point. I do want to buy low on Alvin Kamara trading. A low-end number one running back like Christian McCaffrey is not buying low enough. Right. I think he's probably a low-end number one running back for the rest of the year, Alvin Kamara. Right. You don't, you don't trade, like you don't go out and, like if you could, if you get Alvin Kamara for Dalvin Cook and something, you do it in a heartbeat. Uh, but you're not, yeah, don't trade McCaffrey plus something for, for, for Alvin Kamara, especially when he's coming on his buy, right? Right. Yeah. And McCaffrey, by the way, has already, uh, gone through his buy. What about Doug Baldwin? Of the Seahawks. Um, are you trying to dump him off if he plays well? 
I'm terrified of Doug Baldwin. And I, from what I've seen, and I haven't watched every route that he's run, but when he made the comment about being 75% this year, I kind of just glossed over it because I, what does that even mean? We should have listened to him. He looks like he's about 60%. Yeah. Um, it, and I said this today on, on the show and, and Jamie and Pete kind of thought I was crazy, but I don't like right now. I feel like Tyler Lockett's the number one wide receiver on the Seahawks. I think that is correct. They paid it. They paid him before the season and he's been the deep threat for Russell Wilson. And this offense is not slant to Doug Baldwin, slant to Doug Baldwin, slant to Doug Baldwin. It's run, 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 take a shot. Right. Yeah. You know, and that's so, what Tyler Lockett's for. I, yeah. If I, if, if he scores a touchdown against the Raiders, I will be trying to sell him. Mm, okay. And I think he could have, he actually could have a nice game against the Raiders. I'm hoping that he will do that so I can also sell. Who else have you seen that, that might have been dropped that you would be interested in adding, uh, in, in fantasy leagues this week or somebody or any of you got any more buy low, sell high guys that you're, that you've identified? Well, I, I, like buy low, I think you can, you should still be trying to buy low on Julio. Yeah. I, I hate this whole situation that's happened with him and the touchdowns and yeah, he's going to be a low touchdown guy, but. I don't buy that it's going to be this bad, and it's the breakout's probably coming this week against Tampa Bay. I still view Julio as a top five or six wide receiver for the rest of the year. How do people? How do other do people view him as like? Like, is he not the best receiver on Atlanta anymore? Is, is that where we're veering towards? That's insane. I mean, there was a little bit of that before Calvin Ridley came back to earth last week. Um, I think people just view him as oh, he's fine in PPR, but if it's non PPR, he's not going to score any touchdowns, so he's not that good. Mm. I might forget make a Julio, Julio Jones. Make some, make some offers. The nice thing is there's a good chance the guy that has Julio Jones, like most people need running backs. So if you've got some running back depth, I think giving a number two wide receiver and a starting running back for Julio is not too much. A starting running back and a starting wide receiver for Julio now to yeah. see what happens. And if you get a guy who maybe is, uh, good God, Julio hadn't gone above 30 points all season long, has he? I mean, that's the, He's got some explosion coming. He's had a couple nice games, but he hadn't been great. Like he's going to catch two hundred. He's going to have two hundred yards and three touchdowns in a game, and we're going to be like, "Oh, right, Julio." I think this is a good opportunity to buy low on Jordan Howard because I don't mm. think the most recent game is what we're going to see the rest of the season. They they even talked about how they're going to use him, rely on him a lot. He's their primary running back. He's a number two running back, and people are frustrated with him. I'm still buying low on Carryon Johnson. At some point. He's going to get more work. Why just give him 30 carries a game? It makes no sense. Yeah. It's, uh, it's really frustrating. By the way, the Dolphins are 23rd, uh, in DVOA against running backs catching passes. So I would not be stunned if this were another Tariq Cohen game for the, for the Bears offense. I think it could be another Tariq Cohen game. I really think it's another Taylor Gabriel game. I think you're right. Cause they cannot defend the slot. They are, they are not good against the slot. That is correct. Um, do, so you like, are you playing Gabriel in, in uh, DFS, I assume then too? I am. He's 5,600 on FanDuel, so I will have, I'll have quite a bit. Okay. Uh, anybody else on the buy low side? There seems like there should be another receiver, but, um, I, I'm still kind of buying into Alshon. And it might be better to wait one more week. In case he has a bad week against the Giants and then buy? Yeah, then they've been really good against number one receivers, but I still think at some point Doug Peterson's going to get this figured out and get his best receiver more involved. All right. What was the best beer you had this week that you'd like to tell us about? I had some, and I've had this one several, it wasn't a new one, but Andy Gator from Abita. Ooh. I don't think, I don't think, I, I, you know what is very surprising is that New Orleans doesn't have a great beer scene. That seems to be true. Yeah. 
It's isn't but, that weird? And, like you would think they just have like overflowing with delicious craft beer that rocks your world. It's, and I think Abita has a lot of very New Orleans type beers sure. that don't really match my palate very the, well. The, the pecan ale or whatever it is, and the purple, um, haze, purple haze. Their Andy Gator is a craft beer for if you like beer, you will like it. It is like nine percent, and there's no particular flavor other than beer. Okay. It's, it's I outstanding. I it, it will uh it'll kick you in the tail, but it's a good beer. I, I can get down with that. I um we had uh oh man, we had a couple buddies in town to watch the fight on Saturday night. So we I not don't even remember exactly how much beer we had, but we had a uh, a lot of craft beer. We had a we tried a on Friday night I tried a, a growler, a crowler of uh the annihilator from Belching Beaver out in San Diego and that was a a 9%er that that put us um in an annihilating position. Um all right, Heath Cummings, thanks as always buddy. Anything else uh, you need to add before we get out of here? I think I'm good. Let's go watch Julio catch three touchdowns. All right, sounds good man. Thanks. All right, let's take a quick break and let me tell you about NFL Game Pass. You love football so much so that you're subscribing or at least listening to a daily NFL podcast, right? You want NFL Game Pass. It is the only way, literally the only way for you to watch every single NFL game anytime you want on demand over the course of the entire year. You can go back in history and watch all of Drew Brees' great throws. Probably go check out some of Brett Favre's great throws, maybe some of Peyton Manning's. Uh, and you can do it all on a seven-day free trial right now to find out if you like it. NFL.com slash pick six. Listeners of the podcast get seven free days to go check out all the games. You get all 22, uh, which comes out on Monday night, Tuesday morning. You can watch the game the way the coaches and the players watch it from up top. See the, see the angle, see how the plays develop. It's invaluable stuff for us, uh, as we, as we learn more about the game, just study the game. And you can, of course, just go back and watch the broadcast if you want to hear like legendary Guys like Jim Nance, Tony Romo, call games. Get the condensed version, too. Bang the thing out in 40 minutes. That's the only way to live is the condensed life. So go check out NFL Game Pass at NFL.com slash pick six. Let's go check out Stephen O and break down some data for week six. Okay, now let's dive into some data with Stephen O of Sportsline. And if you don't know about Sportsline, what do you do with your life? You can go to Sportsline.com and uh, use promo code WILL. Or is there another promo code you got, Stephen? You can, if you want to use your personal promo code, the master code maybe. Uh, but you need to go to sportsline.com and check it out. It, it is a simulations, DFS strategy, um, fantasy nuggets, and of course, gambling picks galore. If you want A picks from the computer as well as expert picks all over the place, get smarter with your betting, get smarter with your fantasy, go to sportsline.com. Uh, try promo code Will. Why not? We'll see if it works. Yep. Let's stick with that one. Yeah, I believe you get your uh, you get your uh, first month for a buck if you do that. Let's dive in, Stephen, and um, and uh, and break down some some of these games. We'll start with first. This is the highest scoring total I've seen in a while: the Chiefs and the Patriots. But you don't have in your in your in the model simulated um, uh, projections for fantasy. You don't have Tom Brady as the top five quarterback uh, in the in the in the words the immortal words of. Uh, the Keelanders. He's like, what's up with that? <laughs> it's just purely the uh, the running or lack thereof. If it was best based purely on passing stats, I'd have him number two. Okay. But uh, the guys ahead of him, uh, Winston, even James Winston, um, Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, Rogers, 
not Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan's playing Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, the guys two through two guys ahead of him, um, you know, they're all projected for anywhere from ten to twenty rushing yards, and you know, uh, probably double the chance of getting a rushing touchdown uh, than Brady. So uh, that's pretty much it. You so, just, when you, you so, know, one and a half points less than those guys uh, on the ground. So sit Tom Brady at home is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, is, sure. the, is the Chiefs defense better than we think? Is that is that part of it? I mean. Uh, no. Um, I said they weren't, uh, I said last week they weren't horrendous and they proved that they could be, you know, not horrendous and they're, they're, you know, obviously statistically in terms of fantasy, good, but that was more about Bortles. But yeah, I don't think it's, it has anything to do with that. Now the Sims I have, I do have a slight under with the line up to 59 and a half. I have 57 and a half points. Um, and, uh, well, I should say the computer has 57 and a half points, not mine. Right. I help program it, but it's not mine. Um, but, uh, so, so I, I guess, you know, me personally, I'm not going to go play under in this matchup, but the computer, <laughs> computer has the under and the line might go up to 60, you know, based on the public, it's already pumped it up, what, two points, two and a half points, depending on yeah. what you're on. Yeah. So the computer sees some value in the under, but you've got to be a, somebody who likes standing on the tracks in front of a freight train to take the under. That yeah. I, I, I hate that. It's always so much more fun betting on the over on a high scoring matchup. That, that's right. But, uh, yeah. um, although Sunday night, remember we had Falcons and Patriots a few years mm-hmm. ago and ended up going under, um, or except it was uh, last year. You have a Tyreek Hill ranked higher yeah. than the experts. Um, that I was surprised that and this is when we say experts, we mean Jamie Eisenberg, Dave Richard, and Heath Cummings. Their consensus rankings. I was surprised they were so low. Yeah, I was too. Because I mean, Tyreek Hill. It's weird. Everyone. I mean, people have noticed it, and I know those guys always notice it too I've, on their Twitter feeds. But for whatever reason, going back to last year, he averages something like fourteen, over fourteen fantasy points on the road, and this is just standard scoring, not PPR. And then at home, it's like six and a half. Hmm. I mean, he's literally more than twice as good on the road, I guess. I don't know. Maybe Kansas City has a slow track. I don't know. I have that's, no idea. That's weird. But, um, or he's just got obligations at home. But yeah, <laughs> you know, he's, you know, bright lights, a lot of attention on the road. I think this sounds like this feels like uh, a Tyreek Hill explosion. All right. I like it. Um, uh, speaking of another big shootout projected, Tampa Bay and Atlanta, you mentioned Matt Ryan. Um, I was, I was surprised to see you are a little bit, you've got Jameis Winston as a top 10 quarterback. No surprise there. He is a great ad if, 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 if he's still out there in, on your, in your, in your league. Like I had Matthew Stafford needed to pick up a quarterback, go after Jameis Winston, should have some yeah. points, but you are, you're actually a lot lower on Cameron Brait and Chris Godwin than the expert consensus. Any reason there? Uh, I think Brait's only like two spots different, right? Yeah, I yeah, like it's not, not, eight, not so. by a ton, yeah. Yeah, and, and sometimes the difference between, uh, you know, one thing I like about Sportsline, when we have our, um, draft, uh, product, we show not only the ranking, but how the gaps between, uh, players. Cause sure. sometimes the difference between a guy number seven versus a guy number 12 might be 0.3 points per game, uh, whereas the gap between six and seven might be one and a half points. So in this case, Brait is, is, a, is a start, is a must start, uh, in most, for most teams, uh, regardless. But Godwin, I, I, I mean, I think I, I go on basically what's happened in the past. And, uh, going back to last year with, when he played with Winston, he wasn't exactly Winston's uh, favorite target. Mm. Um, and so, and then I, I didn't see all the second half when Winston came in the last game. I don't know if the two targets and two catches Godwin have had in that game were with Winston or with, with, uh, uh Fitzpatrick. Right. But, you know, there's nothing, if you were just to, you know, take away that Godwin's really good and all the other things. I do have, Evans and Jackson both higher ranked than the expert consensus. Does um, so, does Djax do, do, do you see a spike in the targets when James is playing for Deshaun Jackson versus uh, Fitzpatrick? Uh, not necessarily a spike. I just have Jackson um, playing well and healthy. 
Okay. And 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 so that's you know in past projections and past seasons, this is, always seems like I'm dinging him based on his, his status and his injuries and things. Mm. But this year he seems to be um you know good to go. And he is a nice deep threat. And Atlanta can't stop anybody. Uh, you, yeah. Tampa Bay definitely can't stop by either. Uh, do you? I know you have two part question. You have Calvin Ridley as a top ten wide receiver this week. Um, and do all of these projections combine to give you a lean towards the over? Uh, yeah. So yeah, I've Calvin Ridley. I know it's obviously his touchdown dependent, but he's number five for the year among wide receivers. So you could argue tenth is a is a low projection. And I guess the experts. I know, like I, I hear it through my office walls, and I guess I'm important enough to have my own office here. But <laughs> I, I can hear it from the studio about you know, the the Julio Jones thing and him how he doesn't score. Uh, and so maybe those guys are just assuming like it's gotta end at a certain point. It's gonna be Julio getting a, getting a touchdown, not Ridley. But I think Matt Ryan, you know, I don't know about arm strength and whatever. He doesn't want to target Julio Jones and obvious, you know, red zone opportunities because I don't know maybe Julio's between being double teamed or facing the number one corner. Mm. He's gonna go for a, a safer route, and Ridley's also really good. So I don't see why all the history of the last year and a half would change. Ridley's a more yeah. precise, I mean, Julio's a great route runner, but Ridley's yeah. a more precise route runner, I feel like. Um, mm-hmm. and, and as a result, maybe more easier to utilize in the red zone. Um, game that yeah, I yeah, think, no, sorry, I was going to say game that I think is a sneaky to go under here, the Cleveland Browns and the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't think that you have the Browns defense ranked highly, and that's not a surprise, but I did notice that the players on the Chargers who are going against the Browns defense and has been very good so far this season. Um, Philip Rivers 19th, Melvin Gordon 6th, and Keenan Allen 23rd. That's a lot lower than I think the consensus would have him because all those guys have been so good. Are we yep. not giving the Browns enough respect yet? So here's the funny thing. So real defense that you care about when you want to win a game comes to points allowed and yards allowed. Mm-hmm. Fantasy defense is all about really sacks and interceptions, right? right. And because because they, they they end up leading to Lost fumbles and defensive scores. So, uh, last week, for example, Cleveland was great. I mean, I, I know I watched that miserable game as a Ravens fan, but they were only, they finished the week 12th best in fantasy because they had one sack and one interception, right. not two sacks, not two interceptions. So, uh, Rivers has only been sacked seven times this year. So we don't have a big projection for a lot of, uh, uh, sacks and, um, and Rivers is obviously very precise and, and we don't have him, you know, he's, he's, Fix some of his interception problems he had a couple seasons ago. So, um, so the Browns defense can play great. They might allow, you know, I have the under as well. I have a good four points under the line. Wow. Uh, last time I checked, uh, I have a total of 40 in the projection. So what's going, what's happening is the, the fewer yards and, and score and, and touchdowns hurts Rivers, Allen, Gordon, but the lack of sacks and interceptions hurts the Browns defense. So no one wins. So you can be good and you can be a great defense. I have Cleveland as a top 10 um, fantasy defense the rest of the season based on projected average points per game. Wow. Um, but you don't have to be. It doesn't mean you're going to you know, be great every week when you don't get opportunities. Okay, so does it? Um, are you worried that the Browns who have to play uh, the – I think they play the, the – they, they obviously have the Chargers, and then they get the Steelers and Chiefs and Buccaneers over the next four weeks. Does that concern you? To, like, because I, le- I I picked up the Browns in a fantasy league this morning, based on how good they've been. But I'm a little worried about the schedule, and like you said, they don't necessarily uh, generate the big stats that might they might give you the points you need. Yeah, I mean, I I I, I feel comfortable picking them up. Who did you pick them up to replace? Uh, the Cardinals defense. 
Mm, yeah, that could go either way. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm no, ba- ba- basically I th- streaming, but I was looking at it and the Browns have been top five in fantasy scoring in this league because they're holding a, they're holding people down and, and at least getting yeah. in rock. Fights, I like, you know? I like tossing out the extremes, the extremely and the high and the low and, and that, that second half against Oakland, that scramble and some of the bad calls yeah. and all yeah. that stuff. I don't, I, I don't discount. I think Cleveland is, is legit. And I think, um, and they showed in week one versus Pittsburgh, but they, they can hold that offense down to below 20. By, so, by, uh, by the way, actually their schedule is terrible for fantasy too. It's Chargers at home, Buccaneers on the road, Steelers on the road, Chiefs at home, Falcons at home, Bengals on the road, but then they at least close out with the Texans, Panthers, um, Broncos and Bengals. I just think that they look, I just think they're an elite defense and, and we're just not giving them that credit yet. And so it's, people are scared to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll be a good pickup. It annoys me as a Ravens fan that they they look really good on both sides right now. <laughs> uh, what, what, uh, speaking of the Ravens and DST, we'll hit this DST yeah. talk real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the Ravens kind of low against the Titans, and the, Baltimore's been a top five defense too. Yep. I went back and watched that Cleveland and Baltimore game, and I mean, it's just it, it wasn't. Fun. It wasn't. It was. It was just old school <laughs> AFC North um, defense. I mean, it wasn't. Yep. You know, it wasn't a shootout or anything. Uh, you have the Ravens 13th DST this week against the Titans. That was surprising to me. Yeah. So, so you ask you know, the Ravens and the Jags have the same situation going on. And it goes into what I said earlier. Uh, the, the Titans, they run the ball 50% of the time in right. an era when people run it, teams run it, what, 30, 35%. Uh, same. And then Dallas for the Jags, you know, they run it nearly 50% of the time. Um, and when you have that, you just have literally 10 fewer dropbacks, 10 to 12 fewer uh. dropbacks. That's fewer sacks. Fewer, and then you have these mobile quarterbacks on top of the fact that, you know, just fewer opportunities to get interceptions. It's like when uh, – I use my basketball analogy when I was a kid. You had uh, a great defensive guard in Joe Dumars. He didn't play passing lanes, but he would shut down the, you know, the opposing two guard. Then you have the Allen Iversons of the world who would go for every steal and rack up steals, but it wasn't really a good one-on-one defender. So stats and fantasy defenses, interceptions, sacks, uh, they, they are often just a, 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 a more about opportunities. Interesting. You know? And then, then, and then you're just not going to get the opportunities against the Titans or the, or the Cowboys. So in other right. words, in other words, your, your floor, and you're not going to drop the Ravens or the Jaguars defense because no. they're too good to do it. You just got to ride it out and play them. But plus, you know, what they're really good at, like I, you know, most fantasy defenses, you're scored on intervals, you know, you get points for allowing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. 15 to 17. I don't know why we set that up. I mean, why it should be, okay, if the team averages, you know, allows 22 and a half, like, if you average, if you allow 20, you should get two fantasy points. If you allow 12, you should get 10 fantasy points. We should mm. have a simpler, continuous distribution, not to sound nerdy. No, 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 but, it makes sense. But, I mean, it's like, it's, like, it's, yeah. it's very arbitrary. It's like, oh, you give it 14 points, like, you drop, yeah. you, know, you know, you drop that and, uh, um, versus 13. Right, exactly. And I, but I mean, I think that the, that is a good point. Like the Ravens and, uh, now on the, uh, now conversely. You sound surprised when you say it's a good point. No, 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 no. I just, <laughs> I, mean, I didn't, I, I, I hadn't, I hadn't thought about reinventing the wheel on fantasy defenses, but it makes sense to me. Um, yeah. You know where I got all this from is when we're doing a preseason ranking, some of the, our projections, uh, that I, I pump in a, actual projected stats into our system and then, uh, the fantasy guys have their own kind of algorithm, the fantasy product team. Yeah. Uh, Ranking it. And sometimes their rankings are different than my rankings because my rankings are based on the actual simulation results. Right. So I'm calculating if a team had 13 allowed in a sim versus 14, whereas uh, they're using an analysis of statistics and, and variance. And, and I was like, why do we have such different rankings? It's because, you know, because that 
that it doesn't translate. So you can edit this portion out if you're. No, 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 no. This is, this is <laughs> so people, yes, points people, allowed, people, real people, defense, real quality doesn't translate to fantasy quality. That's. Defense. But now, 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 conversely, I will point out that like if you can stop Zeke Elliott, you can potentially force Dak Prescott into throwing more sure. than he would want to if you can get up if you're the Jaguars, and and that's what the Jaguars are feast. Here's where it comes where Dallas' defense has been very good as well. So there's no reason you don't necessarily think the Jags are just going to jump out to the easy lead with you know right. against the Cowboys defense and and the Jags statistically uh, are only an average run defense in terms of yards allowed yardage per carry allowed uh, going back to all of last season. So you know they're not one of these like you know you know decade ago Ravens defenses allowing you know right. three yards carry. But, um, but you know, well, well what, how, what do you think about that under in that game, the Jaguars Cowboys game? Because it's forty and a half. It's a really low two thousand eighteen under. But, but I mean, neither of those teams are great at scoring. Yeah, um, let me. I, I personally think I think the number is spot on. Right. Um, I don't see a lot of value. I actually my projections have a slight over. Ooh, really? So, you know. Well, it's hard. It's just hard. Oh, to, it's hard, Steven, It's hard to take an under a forty and a half. Yeah. In, uh, in, in 2018, just because there's so much scoring. It's like the SATs. Don't they start with seven? You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, <laughs> you, get, you just you, put your name down, you, you just show up. It's, you five, get it's 500 back when I took them. I don't know if these, these <laughs> yeah, millennials yeah. these days. Uh, another game that, a game that looks like it could be low scoring, but you have, uh, maybe some surprisingly, surprising points being put on the board. Washington at Car- or Carolina, Washington hosting Carolina, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, Washington looked terrible against the Saints. Um, Jordan Reed and Alex Smith were both huge disappointments on Monday yeah. night. Uh, but you see some value in both of those guys uh against yeah. the panthers yeah so like this is alex smith is a nightmare to be a, to have a i have a projection based love of him for some reason i'm always ranking him very highly because you know he, he proves you right uh many times like last year and i looked at it last last going back to last year and he had six games where he had under 90 passer rating right and he all except for one he always bounced back big so he had an 89 last year followed by a 127 the following week a 78 followed by a 103. Wow. A 61. Now this is the one he only followed up with a 76, but after that back to back bad weeks, he had a 136 with four touchdowns and zero picks. Then a 72 followed by a 120. And then earlier this year, he had an 88 followed by a 110. So the guy has, you know, every opportunity he gets, he, he's, he's terrible. And then he, you know, figures it out and he uh, gets self motivates, whatever, whatever the process is involved. Plus, you know, I think they're at home. So with Alex Smith, I just banking on him having, you know, the normal Alex Smith bounce back and then Jordan Reed being the reason why he helps the bounce back. Dude, and if you look at it too, it's crazy because it basically starts after the first four or five weeks. Like that's what mm-hmm. he did last year. You know, he had that, the Chiefs came after right. that hot start and they win their first five games. They're dominant. Alex Smith looks like an MVP, struggles against Pittsburgh, which was a good defense back then, lights up Oakland, struggles against Denver, good defense. Um, Lights up Dallas, struggles against New York and Buffalo. Um, that, that is that is interesting. And then yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's why I, I can't explain it. You know, it, it, I don't know. It's psychology. I, I think there's a whole world that I'm not privy to. I, I, psychology actually makes a lot of sense for Alex Smith because if you look at how he responded to the Patrick Mahomes pick, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe maybe he's a guy that just bounces around. All right, that's an interesting. So you like do you like the over then in that game? Yeah, you know, it's funny the lines are so sharp in Vegas for NFL because there's so much attention paid laid to it that um, it's rare that my projected over under is more than three or four points than the betting line. This is one where it's six points over. Wow. Uh, so yeah, we have, uh, uh, this is only the, what we classified as, as far as A picks go, only the second A pick on a total of the year. And oh. the one that we had earlier did hit, so. 
Okay. Yeah. So so Not take good. the over and the over on that Carolina Washington game. Forty five, I think. Is why is it not on the board on where I would be looking for my personal interest here? That's weird. Why would that game not be on the board? I don't know. Is it the Hurricanes not getting up there? Hmm. Yeah, it's not. That is uh, odd. All right. Uh, well, let's. Um. I'll I'll investigate that. But that is very yeah. bizarre that that game would not be uh on on the on the board there. What about it Seattle? was at forty five earlier? They said that was in my odd system. So that, that's throwing me off. The the Panthers and Redskins game. <laughs> yeah, he's still disturbed. He's completely disturbed. Yeah, uh, forty five and a half down to forty four and a half. Well, the hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is in Washington. I mean, that shouldn't the Hurricanes shouldn't be a huge factor there. Huh. Yeah, I, I I don't know. And um, but so yeah. So yeah, all right, look, if you can find over. if you can find it, bang the over, especially if it's coming yeah. down. Um, that, interesting. Uh, and so Seattle, let's get out of here on this. Seattle yeah. and Oakland, you really like Seattle this week, right? Yeah, I mean, look, the if you just look at how points allowed uh, differential point differential this year, Oakland is what minus eight basically per game. Seattle is pick uh, zero. Uh, Seattle in my simulations um, is a. Uh, uh, slightly above average team. They, they beat every other team in a neutral field 52% of the time. Oakland's the worst in my simulation at 35%. Mm. So the, the Seattle's a three point favorite and that would indicate on a neutral field that their base, you know, that they're three points better. I have them six points better. Okay. Um, wow. And uh, it's that simple. Does, it, uh, does the London, terrible. does the London factor bother you at all that it's just that weird things happen in London in these games? Yeah, but they're both. I don't see why it would favor Oakland, right? They're both traveling pretty far distances. I don't think Oakland, London is known as the Oakland of the of Europe. I don't think there's a massive, rabid Raiders following there. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like a, I don't think of, when I think of London, I don't think of Oakland and you know, being similar. So, or and if anything, the foggy and rainy, misty weather maybe Seattle travels. I don't know. Mm, but in the end, I think Oakland's terrible. I think they got that 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 bogus win against Cleveland. Yeah, you know, yeah. you can take that away. If you take away the numbers they put in that in that in that, that win, then their their numbers are really horrible. And I'm not sure John Gruden even cares if he's winning or losing. Uh, no. We we do care if you win or lose, though. So make sure to check out Sportsline.com for all of Stephen's projections. Uh, wait, are you on Twitter? Are you on Twitter? No, I, oh, I learned um, back my my own gambling slash fantasy service that gamblers, if you please them and you're right, sixty percent of the time or fifty five percent of the time, and it's astoundingly accurate they only like you if you're right 75 to 80 percent of the time <laughs> and i also don't take well to um to criticism so i i you know i i found myself being you know engaging with people <laughs> so and and i don't i don't accept compliments either you know yeah. so twitter's so, a bad you know, twitter's a bad alex smith has some kind of weird psychology <laughs> that, but 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 yeah i so i was like you know what i, I don't need this i am on twitter I follow everybody, but I don't, I don't keep myself hard right, to be anonymous. Yeah, I like it. We got a burner account out there. All right. Well, you can follow, yeah, exactly. you can follow Sportsline on Twitter at Sportsline. Thanks as always, Steve. Talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you.